thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, leading publishers of books, directories, educational guides and magazines aimed at schools in the UK and beyond. Enjoy the podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio with The Late Show with me, Tom Rogers. And tonight we are talking all things teacher apprenticeships. Um, I thought we'd do this topic because it's been a really, really interesting one in the last few weeks to see the reaction to teacher apprenticeships. Um, So uh, some have reacted very negatively to this idea. Others have reacted, well, very positively, actually. I'll talk about my sort of take on that imminently, but just to give you a little bit of background before we do anything, you're listening to Teachers Talk Radio. This is the largest audio platform for educators in the UK and beyond. Uh, We've got more than 50 hosts on Teachers Talk Radio who are talking to you about teaching on a daily basis. We've got shows every single day, um, multiple shows every week. And you can enjoy them all by going to ttradio.org and you can click on listen back and you can listen back to any show. You can search for any show. You can find topics or issues that you find interesting on there to discuss. Um, So we ultimately we, we set up this platform to engage with the profession, to, um, talk about the key issues affecting teachers. And this idea of apprenticeships is certainly one of those. It's it's a big issue that could, well, I suppose it could revolutionise the way in which teachers enter the teaching profession. We'll have to wait and see on that, obviously, the way in which it's introduced and so on. Um, but certainly it's something that that is, is going to be is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Now, Gillian Keegan, who is the new education secretary, has talked extensively about this idea. She actually appeared on LBC um, radio, I think it was, yeah, the end of last year, talking about um, the idea of apprenticeships in general being a way for teachers to, or people, to not get into debt. Um, So building big debts through university, she's very much pro apprenticeships in general and one of the routes that she wants to introduce for apprentices is to get into the classroom this means for anybody who maybe is outside of the uk or outside of our system this would mean getting people into the classroom who don't have a degree so this is not a postgraduate route into teaching this is a route into teaching without requiring a degree certificate so this is a way that she thinks and the government might think will help people to get into the profession easier. Uh, Perhaps there are teachers out there who are put off from going into the profession because they don't have a degree or the skills that they've developed on um, through the academic route. So this would be a way of attracting those people into the profession. The critics of this idea, of course, have said that this could mean the sort of dumbing down, if you like, of the teaching profession. That's one of the criticisms that we've seen is this idea that um, it sort of uh, deprofessionalizes uh, teaching. I, I personally disagree with that. I'm quite in favor of this idea if it's done in the right way. Um, I can see the benefits of it, but equally there's a lot of questions that I would have about it. Um, personally, 
I think with the way in which degrees and higher education has gone, particularly in the last few years, I personally, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if, I, and this is just my personal view, I don't know if a degree is as valuable in terms of the the learning experience as it, as it was. I mean, if you think about online degrees now, you think about online learning, you think about all the different avenues that people can gain knowledge in. Um, so is it therefore necessary to prevent people from entering the profession through an apprenticeship route or through an alternative route to having to gain a degree. I, it, it's an interesting one, certainly. So tonight I've, I've got multiple uh, guests and panellists who are going to be talking about their experience, their views, um, their knowledge on apprenticeships um, and what they think. And if you want to join them uh, you, at any point, then you can click the little icon in the bottom left-hand side that says that's a little microphone icon. You can click that at any point to potentially join this conversation um so i thought i'd start maybe just by mentioning the sponsor for today's show which is john cat educational if you want to find out more about the books and educational resources that john cat have available to you you can visit johncatbookshop.com and you can uh hopefully um take advantage of of some of the products and books and services that john cat have to offer we're very proud to partner with john cat um, they've had many many recent releases which have gained huge popularity within the profession check those out on the homepage. get involved um and yeah that's johncatbookshop.com uh just to to introduce uh my first guest um i've got several guests who've very kindly already zoomed into this conversation but i know that mrs b is on a very tight schedule uh mrs b is a mom a wife an ou open university graduate trainee teacher uh year five therapeutic teacher um who has been teaching i think for 13 years uh so mrs b if you want to click unmute in the bottom left hand side there we are good evening hello good evening hello you sound really tentative like hello i don't know where oh. i am what am i doing <laughs> I've never done here? anything like this before so it's all very new but exciting don't don't panic don't panic no, nothing bad's gonna happen um so I, can you tell us a little bit about you before we sort of, I mean, I don't know whether that introduction from me is correct. So do you want to tell us a bit about you and what you're currently doing? Yes, yeah, so I'm currently, I'm a trainee teacher through the apprenticeship route. Um, I started as a level one TA back in 2006, worked my mm. way up and did my level two, my level three, and then I became a HLTA in 2010. Okay. Well, then my plan was to, um, was to get a degree because... I couldn't go any further without the degree. My apprenticeship route, you have to have a degree. So I, um, in 2012, through the Open University, carried on working and gained my degree. It took me five years, and I got a 2-1 in 2017. But then, unfortunately, the GTP route at the time, that it finished, and that was my route into teaching, so I had to put it on hold. But then, luckily, through... Um, very supportive head teacher she put me forward for the apprenticeship teacher training route and here we are today do you want to tell me because i want to start really going back to like this idea of of sort of when you were a ta and you got your different levels and so on and got that experience i mean do you think you really needed to do the degree no. or do you think that was just a case of i need to do the degree to teach yeah i just had to tick the box um and had two very young children at the time, so I was still working full time, 
doing work at night. It was hard work, um, but it had to be done for me to progress further. And what was the degree in? So it was an open degree. Um, so you could choose the modules, whatever modules you wanted. I chose all education-based modules. Um, so, but at the end of the day, I didn't really need it for what I've actually, for the apprenticeship route and what I'm doing on the job training. Yeah, I was going to say, because that's the interesting one, isn't it? Is, I mean, what, what sort of the transition from TA to teacher? Um, have you, I mean, what would you say about that? Have you noticed anything? What, what's been the most challenging parts of that process? Or is there anything you've noticed? I mean, what, you know, has it been a smooth transition? I've noticed that teachers do a hell of a lot. Because <laughs> um, yeah. as a TA, I was, I was teaching, I was doing the computing curric- uh, curriculum. Yeah. Um, but it was nothing compared to the workload now that I've noticed for teachers. Yeah. I mean, because um, I've sort of done, I guess, a little bit of TA in. Um, I, mean, I mean, you know, particularly very early in my career, you know, not, not in a formal sense. Like I've never been employed as a TA but I've certainly acted as a yeah. TA. In those. Now, I think the biggest thing, the biggest, I guess, difference for me in that is the book doesn't necessarily stop with you. So yeah. that's the that was the one bit that was sort of, I don't know if nice is the right word, but I, I felt like, oh, this is quite nice because if, if something's going wrong or if something, if there's an issue, I, I'm sort of the second person <laughs> to deal yeah. with it. I'm, you're um, not responsible for, you're not responsible. That's the ultimate thing. Yeah, it? That's, you, that's the you, you can step back. Yeah. In most classrooms, because I'm sure there's some TAs who probably aren't able to do that in particular classrooms or situations, of course. But in general, that I guess that would be the biggest difference. What, I mean, in terms of this, 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 I mean, this whole thing of teacher apprenticeships and the idea of teachers being able to get in the profession, because I know you, the reason I've invited you on is you commented on a Twitter post last week about teacher apprenticeships. I was wondering, could you explain in detail your views on this, your sort of opinions on the idea of teacher apprenticeships? Well, for me, I couldn't give up work for a year. I've got a mortgage, I've got two young children, well, not young now, but two children, um, and I, I just couldn't do it financially. I couldn't afford to, to give up work for a year to get um, to get qualified. So without this route, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to do it ever. So for me, yeah. it, 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 for, for helping people, and I, I understand people without a degree uh, just coming into the job. I think it should be more for people who've worked like myself, um, been a TA for many years or have some experience in a classroom because ultimately from what you've said it probably took you another six five or six years from what it could have maybe it would have taken you one through an apprenticeship route but actually it's taken you five or six to get into the classroom as a teacher yeah it's taken me six and then obviously without the funding at the point it's taken me even longer it took me 10 years to get yeah because you so when i said 2012 i first started my degree yeah so you've like funded that the open university degree yourself yeah and then obviously you've done that outside of your time working as a ta h h hlta that's the one um (laughs) so you've sort of done that i mean how again that's a massive challenge isn't it like how have you like i know you said you've got a family and stuff so how's how was that routine when you were doing that it was tough, um, but I've got a supportive husband and family, so 
they were behind me all the way um, and yeah I just did it and then I thought hang on a minute if I'm working then doing work at night surely I can become a teacher then. Yeah I mean what would you say to those people who would say and there are many around and and you know I can completely see this point of view is the what happens if I mean do you feel because you haven't done a what was your degree in again the OU so, one? It was, an, it was classed as an open degree, so you could choose whatever subjects you wanted. Right, so how? what, what did you do? What subjects? So I did maths, um, I did an inclusion, inclusion one, uh, research on child development. Uh, there was different options, it was that long ago, I can't remember the yeah. one, to be honest. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Uh, curriculum, I mean, there's one on curriculum as well. And, and you're currently teaching year six, right? Uh, year five. Year five. So do you feel that that degree helped you with subject knowledge for what you're doing now or do you think it's minimal it wasn't much i'm learning a lot more on the job now yeah because i mean one more. of the things for me is like being honest my degree i can't honestly say that my degree helped me when it came to subject knowledge in teaching like no maybe there's the odd tiny little thing. and i did a straight history degree right but right. i honestly can't say that my degree really helped me um with my subject knowledge and on, on to the children yeah yeah on any significant yeah. what helped me was once i started and then i was repeat teaching something so by the time i got to like year you know i don't know like five six seven eight into the profession that's when i started to be like oh you know what i've developed um a sort of better knowledge from researching and planning those lessons that's yeah. where I sort of developed a lot of my subject knowledge and then potentially getting interested in the things I was teaching and then building that knowledge on the back of that. Yeah, well, it's and, like me now. I'm having to research um, science topics um, that, I'm, that I'm not familiar with and I'm sure that would happen again when I've qualified because I'll be teaching maybe a different new group and so it'll all change again. I think you're just constantly, until, you, like you say, that you, you've been doing it a while and you can... You, you know what you're doing you know what you're teaching yeah I mean it's 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 interesting isn't it that you know I, I was going to say just a few minutes ago that there's those who would say that not having that academic background or that academic process will either disadvantage you or will leave you a little bit vulnerable in the classroom like not knowing your stuff basically you know yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think any um, ECT who goes into a classroom, you'll still not know absolutely everything, will you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I just think this whole push on subject knowledge, it's really interesting because I, I just don't think... The, the other real element you've got to look at as well with this is when you're like 18, 19, 20, you, you know, you're starting out at uni, I, I'm not sure it's easy to develop the sort of subject knowledge that you need to be... A high school teacher i don't know about primary but certainly as i because i don't didn't teach primary but as a high school teacher secondary level i think it's hard to really know and develop unless you're an expert on the national curriculum <laughs> at the age of 18 or 19 you know i think it's hard to sort of do that but it's going to be yeah. interesting to talk to other guests later on about that um mrs b it's been a pleasure thanks so much for yeah, giving up a you. little bit of your time to come on and talk about it and share your sort of experience which i think is really interesting so yeah, thank you for that Thank you for inviting me. Brilliant. Cheers. Uh, that was Mrs. B. Um, I'm now going to bring in Dr. Sarah Hewitt. Good evening, Dr. Sarah. Good evening. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> Hi. 
I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. Can you again, same again, can you give us a little bit of background, a brief background on you, what you do and your story so far in education? Okay, so I am currently what's called a teaching fellow um, at the University of Southampton and I teach um, computer science related stuff. Prior to that, I was a secondary school teacher for 11 years and I taught English and media. Yeah. I did my degree with the Open University um, and I did English literature and art history and then did my PGCE at the University of Exeter. Um, and yeah, so um, I, my, so I, I guess one of the reasons that you've asked me on this evening is because I, I was very clear that I think it's really important that teachers have a degree. Yeah, I was really interested by by this sort of point because um, I, I don't know if I agree. Like I, I, I sort of. I don't know. I, I want to hear your your sort of methodology on this. But I want to I want to hear why. I want to hear the why. Okay. Well, so I I accept. So you said just now that you weren't sure whether <clears throat> um, the subject knowledge necessarily helps you when you get into the classroom. So when I think about what I did with my degree, with the English literature stuff that I studied, the the text that I was looking at weren't helpful in themselves but it's about a way of thinking it's about the confidence knowing knowing that you've you've got a degree and a way of thinking about your subject and you you pick up everything else as you teach yeah that's so i mean but what what is it because because the thing is right i mean what would you say if i said right let, let's say history right you know i did a history degree yep. Um, I, right now, this was, the, I mean, I did my degree 2003 to 2006, so it was a different world then, granted, but if I did that same degree now, I'd be sitting there going, I can do this whole thing on YouTube. But I know that sounds ridiculous, I, I could do this whole thing on YouTube, or to mix yep. it up a bit, I could connect with people on Twitter, I could connect with people on other learning platforms and that's where i would get if you like the sort of more seminar experience even comments on youtube <laughs> oh. yeah but it depends on who it depends on who you're teaching though so that that model um of online learning is likely to be more successful when you're teaching at higher education level because in theory, you've got students that have signed up for the thing that you want to teach and they're more motivated and they're going to engage. Whereas when you're teaching in a secondary school, it, it's not like that. And there's a difference between knowing your subject. So having the subject knowledge or having the confidence in your subject knowledge and the actual skills of being a teacher. And they're very different. And you can have all the subject knowledge in the world and struggle to be an effective teacher you can be an effective teacher and build your subject knowledge as you go along so build on what on the foundations that you've come in with but they're different they're completely my, different i think they're very on, different on skills that latter one why does that building of subject knowledge need to uh have uh, involve a degree 
I think it's a pro- about professionalism. Yeah. Um, we are professionals. Um, however much we may feel undermined, um, and I do. Th- um, so this idea of apprenticeships for teachers is not a new one. Um, and it's been mooted. It's been suggested before that teach there should be an easier way into teaching. And my objection is always the same. It takes away the professionalism. We we if we don't have that professional qualification and that level of subject knowledge already, we lose our or we are at risk of losing our professional status. And I think that's really important. We're we're role models for young people. We have done things that we would, in an ideal world, like a lot of them to do. And the fact that we're standing in front of them having done those things, I think, is really important. But it, it, it depends. But, but done those things, I guess, what would, it depends what you view a degree as, right? So, so for me, yep. a, degree, a degree in its most practical, simple form is... You go to lectures, you go to seminars. This is just this is just the actual qualification. It's nothing about the social side. Yep. It's nothing about you go to seminars, you go to lectures, you sit the tests, you submit the assignments. Yep. And at the end you get a certificate. That's that's what that's what it is. Yep. So barring the certificate, and even now some online course providers would provide that. So for example, Udemy or or all these other ones out there provide a certificate at the end. Now I'm not saying that certificate in today's world would hold the same credence as a as a degree as a, as a degree, right? I'm not I'm not suggesting that. Yep, it doesn't. It, of course it, of course it, it certainly doesn't. doesn't. But in terms of the knowledge <laughs> and in terms of the quality of the delivery of that content, you can you can go to Harvard online, you can do free courses with Harvard. So if, if the quality yep. of that would be comparable, if not better, to lectures or seminars or whatever in, in, in other universities. And that can be done in a much quicker time frame, potentially for free. So if we imagine like Mrs. B there, who's saying that, you know, people with families, with, with, with maybe financial commitments, you know, that they, they can't quit to do a degree. And open university costs a lot of money to be able to do that and also a, a huge time commitment whereas what mrs b was saying and mrs b if you're still there you can actually come in on this if you want but what mrs b was saying was she didn't feel doing that degree actually helped her or enabled her as a teacher in the end it was a bot i mean she described it as boxing mrs b do you want to come in there yeah um yeah, I, 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 oh, sorry, um, I agree um, with what Dr. Sarah is saying. Yeah. The high school teaching, I think, yeah. Yeah. The primary school teaching, I think you've got that many subjects, that much subject knowledge for each one. You can't possibly cover it with a degree. So, yeah, I'd, so I would definitely agree. I, I know very little about primary school teaching, but I what I do know is that I'm, you know, you teach everything and it's different. It's a very different place to be teaching. Nevertheless, though, I, you know, that you in many ways, I think primary school teachers are more important and it's even more important that they retain that professional status. Yeah. And going to university and doing a degree is one of the ways in which we get that. 
yeah, I, I, yeah. Go on, sorry, Miss Speaker. No, I, I do agree with what you're saying, and it's a professional job, isn't it? Um, but there is just um, there's there's probably so many amazing teaching assistants who can become teachers and have got got teachers around them who think, yeah, like they with me, put forward, do it. But if they can't afford to give up work, they, they can't do it. So for yeah, no, I I do agree with that, and I think there's a bigger question about how how people who who are mature learners are able to access learning yeah. that's affordable um it, it was when I did my degree um because I did mine with the Open University when I was 30 and I'm 59 now and it was affordable and it should still be affordable, yeah, affordable for, for, for mature learners yeah when I did it yeah I did get some some funding for it but now if I was I wouldn't be able to afford to do it now thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio you can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, leading publishers of books, directories, educational guides and magazines aimed at schools in the UK and beyond. Enjoy the podcast. Yeah, so here's the problem. Here's part of the problem. It's access yeah. to the to a degree for people that, that want that professional qualification. Although, I mean, obviously, I'm talking about professional qualification. And, of course, that's the PGCE that you do in that year afterwards. So you do your degree and then, then you, you do, do your it, PGCE. Yeah. And that's the professional qualification. But I, I still think I you need the degree first. It gives you a a level of subject knowledge a level of maturity the ability to reflect on on how you learn and how the process works and then that pgce is the start of the practical skills you need in order to be an effective but let's, teacher but let's, let's say though um sarah that i've worked in big business for 20 years right and i'm now 45 years old i i yep. now want to become a business studies teacher and I'm an entrepreneur who has run a very successful business for 20 years. And I want to switch out of that and become a business skills teacher. Are we saying yep. that I don't have the professional status to do that without doing a, a degree in business? That's a really good question. Um, I don't. Uh, and honestly, I can't. It's very hard for me to answer. I would I would want you to have done a degree at some point before you became that successful business entrepreneur, even if your degree wasn't necessarily in business, so that you had that qualification that allowed you to do the PGCE and then come and join me on an equal footing. I'd still want you to have done that. But, but I suppose if I was that person, then I could make a very, very strong argument that I can... I've gained the skills and experience and knowledge over those 20 years that anything I was to do in a degree would be second rate to that. Would You know, I, I can't, but you've, uh, like, like, yeah, I, I, but I you've, couldn't. You've de- yeah, sorry, go on. So you've delivered that knowledge in a, on, in a completely different forum. You have had to perform very differently the so had you done and I've not done a business studies degree so I, I I don't know for sure but I'm assuming that if you do a, a degree in in business studies you're looking at various theories you're looking at it from an intellectual point of view whereas if you you may be a very successful business entrepreneur 
But that doesn't mean you know you have all the knowledge necessary to pass on to a group of GCSE students. And that's the point of doing the degree. It gives you that foundation knowledge that that you can then use to build on. It's being successful at something. It's like saying, well, I'm a playwright, therefore I can teach English. And we know that isn't true. I guess it comes back to, to, to your statement earlier about which I agree with, which is saying that a degree gives you that professional status. However, my argument is that that's probably going to change because, you know, 20, 30 years ago, perhaps, but I think that we're starting to see more value, rightly, and more professional status in in practical experience and knowledge through experience maybe and and maybe the value of somebody doing whatever i you know i've just described 20 years as a business leader or entrepreneur would hold but that's privileging skills over knowledge and i think that's my fundamental problem it's privileging being able to do over being able to be over knowing but but surely in the area of business or or say for example i um I'm trying to think of, okay, let's say, for example, I'd been a professional footballer, okay? And I'd gone into football at the age of 16. I'd uh, worked with all the best coaches in in, in the game. Um, I'd learned so much from them in terms of how they... And then I've done my UA for coaching badges, right? And then I've become a coach, and then I've become a coach and then I've become a football manager and then whatever. And I've been a hands-on coach as well as a professional player. I've done that. And then at the age of 50, I've thought, you know what? I fancy a change. I'm going to become a teacher. And then somebody says, you know what, Tom? You've been a professional footballer. You've been a coach and a manager at, at a professional level over a period of 30 years. But we don't unless you do a four, three or four year BA degree in, in uh, sports science, we don't feel you can be a PE teacher as in comparison to somebody who is 21 years old, who is, who has been getting drunk every week. I just don't think it's like, I don't know. There's something about that. I can't get my head around it. So maybe maybe the answer there is a conversion, something like a conversion degree where you don't necessarily go back and you do three years as an undergrad um, or or six years at the open university, which is I mean, it generally takes twice as long to, to study part time. Maybe you do the equivalent of a one year degree and which so a bit like a master's, but not. But I would still want you to have I would still want you to go back and have that theoretical knowledge and have that qualification that you're bringing into an educational establishment. So it's not just about, you know, your practical knowledge. It's also about all of the other things. Yeah. I mean, like I say, that's still, though, for me, like at that point, I'm going, what am I? So what am I going to learn at, at that point as that 50 year old who, let, let's say, for example, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like, like, I don't know, David Beckham decided he wanted to become a PE teacher. Right. And he's already, mm-hmm. let's imagine he's already done all his coaching qualifications. Maybe Jose Marino is a better example because he was a player 
then he was a very successful coach and manager. And we said to him, oh, do you know what, Jose? Like, we need you to spend. Obviously, it wouldn't matter to him what he spent. But let's say he's the average person. <laughs> um, we, you're going to have to spend 20 grand on this one-year degree, in inverted commas. You're going to have, you know, five hours lectures a week. Um, you're going to have whatever, a seminar a week. And you're going to be learning from people with much less experience and less knowledge than you. And then, and then you can become a teacher of, of children. Okay, so, so they may have less knowledge and less experience, but that doesn't mean that there, isn't, there aren't things to learn. Yeah. There are always things to learn, right? And so I'm still going to say that I would like them to do, uh, even, even if it's a one-year kind of conversion course, so that they come out with um, the equivalent of a, um, of a, a B-Ed um, and then they're on a par with every other teacher. The, in terms of the cost, um, so there I think there is an issue. Um, we do have a, a teacher recruitment and retention crisis. And a night, uh, one of the ways of addressing that might be to encourage people who have got plenty of experience in the real world, which is really important when you're a teacher. I mean, I, I didn't start teaching until I was in my mid 30s. Mm -hmm. And that life experience was invaluable. It made a huge difference. But maybe so give but, them the opportunity sorry, the to, to do an. A, yeah, go I was going to ask you just within that, I was going to ask you, at what point did you do your degree? Your OU degree, I mean. I was 30 but when I started is... that, 36 when I finished. But do you think that that, therefore, because if I did a degree now, I guarantee yep. I would get more out of it and be more successful in it and gain way more from it than when I did yes. it at 18. Yes. So do you yes. think you I'd have been hopeless at 18. Do, do you think your experience, <laughs> so if you'd have done that, and if you'd have done your degree 18 to 21 or 19 to 22 or whatever, do you think you'd have yep. the same view on the value of a degree? Because you probably got loads more out of it because of the stage with which you did it at. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point and probably not. Um, and maybe that's, and, colouring, you know, that's you... colouring my view. But then for them, most yeah. people yeah. do it at that time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think also it's fair to say that a lot of young, so a lot of people will... I don't know what the figures are here, but we'll go to university 18 or 19. They do their three years. They'll they'll then do that conversion at the end. So they get their teaching qualification and then never actually take up the position of teacher for all sorts of reasons. Pay and conditions, yeah. I'm sure, are a major factor because they look at what the job entails and they say, no, thanks. I know that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but what is relevant is the cost of doing a degree. And, and just to go back to what you were saying about, you know, you've been you're in your 50s, you've been very successful, you would like a change of career and you want to go into teaching. So offer people a one year, um, a sh very much shorter degree, but they come out with the same qualification and at a reduced cost. I don't see that 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 sounds to me like a you know a re in fact did we not didn't teach first used to do something like this where they they wanted people that part of their marketing um campaign was about attracting people that had been successful in other fields to come into teaching well, probably, I mean we've got all the different ones haven't we we've had the military yeah. scheme we've had all these different schemes but I think I just want to before we go on to I just want to read some of the comments from people um, and if you listen to this as a podcast and you're confused what's going on, people are tweeting in as we're, we're live right now. So don't worry. You just sit back, sip your tea, keep enjoying it. But I'm going to read these comments out. So Edward has 
uh, tweeted in all the way from uh, Canada. And he said, I did a plumbing apprenticeship and I'm a professional. I'm now a college professor and still a professional. A degree doesn't give you any knowledge to teach. I mean, Sarah, what would you say to Edward when he said? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. A degree doesn't teach you how to teach. A degree gives you subject knowledge, confidence, all of those things. What teaches you to teach um, is that PGCE that you do, that, that year teacher training. And then afterwards, actually, you learn on the job. Um, and it, it takes several years before you might feel confident as a teacher. But there, So there is a difference between why a degree is necessary and then how you learn to be a teacher. I, I agree with that. I agree. I think, I think my, my, my issue is in the value being placed on the degree. Because I, I just think there is such a variable... A, quality of degrees, and B, the stage or the input with which the student gives that degree dictates how valuable that is. I also, and I mentioned this earlier, and this may just be my personal experience, but I'd love to hear from from other teachers actually on this, but those who did a subject-specific degree, whether it be at the age of 18 or later, how useful was that for actually teaching? For me, minimal, because a lot of the, well, number one, a lot of the units I did were were sort of irrelevant to, to what I had to teach in the national curriculum. Uh, secondly, I missed a lot of lectures because I was out till 4am in the morning. So th- those lectures went down the drain anyway. Um, and three, uh, there was no... I, I don't... I, because of how... It's not like school. Where, you know, like when I was there, I had like, I don't know, 13 hours a week or something of contact time like I just I just I didn't fit this is my personal speaking now by the way but I didn't feel that I got um as much out of it as as I would have liked and I I don't and in terms of subject knowledge my biggest subject knowledge gains were in the job on the job you know um I it didn't help me with regards to subject knowledge but I'm sure that's because I just wasted my degree like watching like whatever was on at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Monday, you know, at that point, like loose women. I don't know what I was watching with my mate, but probably <laughs> something hideous like that, you know. Um, but anyway, Sarah, I'm going to stay there, Sarah, if you want. You're totally welcome to stay for the rest of the show. going to bring in some other panellists. It would be good to have you because you've got some really good, strong views on this. So if you want to stick around, please do. Um, but I'm going to bring in. Oh, by the way, I'm going to bring Vicky. Vicky, I don't know if you're a teacher. So Vicky's uh, requesting in. Vicky, if you just like, let us know. Are you, are you in education? Are you? Because sometimes we get like Russian bot accounts on Teachers Talk Radio because they they love to talk. So just let us know that you're real, that you are, you know, just a real person. You don't even have to be a teacher. Just a real person. Um, give us a signal. Give us a tweet or something. Reply. Um, but just before I bring Vicky in, I want to bring in Partridge Maths, and it's hilarious that I only know Partridge Maths as Partridge Maths. I don't even know his first name. Partridge, are you there? In a pear tree. Hi, Tom. Yeah, I'm here. Excellent. Can you tell us your first name? It's uh, Wayne. Wayne. Right. Now, Wayne, tell us your view. Well, first of all, before I ask you your views on teacher apprenticeships, tell us a little bit about where you're at in your career and so on. Uh, so I'm uh, head of maths at um, a school in, in Gloucester. Uh, I've been teaching for, uh, I think it's my 10th or 11th year. 
uh, been ahead of maths for, for six of those. Um, and before that, um, I worked in sort of industry. I worked like abroad in, in sort of financial services. And then I sort of came back into the PGC and then uh, came to teaching sort of that way. Brilliant. Um, okay. Tell me your views on teacher apprenticeships. Well, I, I think, uh, are we asking like the right question? Because the sort of, the, the, the tweet that I put out the other day was like, if I've got a bucket where like a third of the water's coming out of it, then I don't really need to be thinking about more different ways to put the water in. Like, is that the thing that's causing everything to leak out the bottom? And, and, I, and I'm not sure that that is. Um, like, you know, it could be, but, but I just don't, but for me, it's the fact that, you know, you, you've got what 30% of teachers leaving within, is it 30% of teachers leaving five years? Is, is that the statistic? Something like that. I mean, it's dreadful. They actually released the NFER today, um, released a set of, of sort of stats, or at least they analyzed the stats. I'm not sure when they actually came out, but basically like teacher recruitment is absolutely stagnated this year as last year in fact the thing is even got worse in prior primary level like getting people into the profession um yeah and and to be honest with you like that's not the bit that i'm talking about the bit i'm talking about is like the people leaving so it's not even so it's not even the people that you're training it's the fact that there are there are thousands of people across the country who have been qualified teachers at some point in their lives but they decided that that's not for them and for me, that's kind of, that's the bigger problem as opposed to which route of sort of training you go down. Um, you know, because, you, you know, you've got Teach First, you've got PGCEs, you've got people that do, you know, uh, a bachelor's in sort of like education, like to sort of prepare them that way. You've got all these different routes and, and it's good that we've got that kind of variety. But actually, like, is having another, is, is that a barrier, having a degree? Is that a barrier to people who want to be teachers? Like I don't know. Yeah, I I genuinely think it could be for for a number, um, potentially because you have to remember how much it costs these days to do a degree, how much time it takes, and the commitment. And obviously, if you're older, you got family, whatever, it's being able to have the time to do it. So I think it could be a barrier to. I don't know how many people, and and obviously you're absolutely right, um, Wayne. In terms of, it is Wayne, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just made that up. That's good. Uh, Yeah, but like people who it's not going to help with retention you're absolutely right massive issue retention like we know that but if we're just talking about people with barriers to get in there could be quite a few who, who would like to do that but they just don't have the the means to do a degree you know they just, or they or they they just don't have the commitment the time commitment to do it you know yeah yeah i understand what you're saying about sort of career career changes and and i think there's definitely a part of it sort of within that but like I said, I, like I said, I do think that the main thing is, like, let's look at trying to sort out retention first. And then, well, is it the case that, you know, as people said, well, when I do a degree, I don't feel prepared to be a teacher. So is the reason why retention is so poor is because is because people don't feel prepared when they're within the profession? Let me ask you a question. Um, how useful was your degree when you became when you started teaching? Um, I, it's quite, my, my degree is quite, quite unique. I, I did a degree, a degree in maths and English because okay. I, I sort of couldn't decide which one I, I liked the most. So the teaching English side of my degree has no relevance to me 
well, no, yeah, li- like little relevance to me sort of being a, being a teacher of maths, being, being ahead of maths. Um, it like, yeah, what I suppose what it does is it does allow you to kind of see those connections that happen further down the line. So I wouldn't say it was completely useless. Um, it, it, it definitely doesn't prepare you for the kind of performance aspect of it. But what it does is, is it gives you that sort of that body of knowledge that you can draw upon later on the, down the line. Sort of, you know, if I'm talking about like teaching a bit of computing, I can be like, oh, OK, like the university I did this thing called MATLAB and like this is how this is all kind of related further on down the line. Whereas obviously if I hadn't done that, then I wouldn't be able to talk about those kind of experiences and about kind of like where it leads. So I, yeah, it's not, like I said, it, it, you know, for the actual performance aspect of it, for like going and standing in front of a class of teenagers. And, no, but I mean, like, I'm talking you know, like, being a teacher. I'm, I'm talking like subject knowledge. I mean, do you think that your degree, I mean, the thing is for me, and for maths particularly, maybe, I don't know, but like, was your GCSEs and A-levels not more useful than your degree, subject knowledge-wise, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is my point. So this is my point. If that, if that, like, imagine you'd have done a apprenticeship style routine to teaching, right? I'm not saying you would have wanted to do that, by the way, at 18 or 19. I'm, I'm not saying you yeah. want to stand in, you could or want to stand in front of a class at the age of 20, right? I certainly I would have struggled because I'd have looked younger than half the kids in the school, right? But like, my point is this: is that if someone had said to you, right, you've got that knowledge at the age of 18 from your GCSEs and A-levels, um, you can now do an apprenticeship route, which takes a year and mixes, uh, y- you know, it's very much on the job, but they would also provide you with, you know, I don't know, online courses or other things for you to boost your subject knowledge um, in the, over that year, maybe an access to a tutor, you know, stuff like that. Would that have been... Well, certainly it would have been more cost effective, wouldn't it, than doing a degree? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess, like, I, to be honest, like, I'm not somebody that kind of that worries. Like, when I was sort of doing my PGCA, I didn't think, oh, like, that's nine grand that of my student loan that I need to yeah. sort of get to be able to sort of do this. Like, I didn't I didn't really think of that as a consideration because I'm just like, well, that's what I want to do. That's the cost of it. If I don't want, if I don't want to do that, I'll do something else. Like, you know, and, but that sort of, that probably leads to a wider question about sort of higher education itself and, and how, how, how effective that is sort of as a, as a cost thing. It's not, I don't know, when, when we talk about education as a, as a system, as an institution, like, I don't know, I, I don't believe that it should be, if we're thinking about cost effectiveness of it. We should be wanting to educate ourselves to better society and better ourselves. And, and and but now we see it as a business. It's like, all right, okay, well, I'm paying nine grand a year, so I'm expecting this, this, and this. And mm. yeah, has that led to an improvement in it? And I don't, I don't think it has. Mm. So I've kind of gone off on a tangent there, but it's just sort of. Um, I mean, I guess what, yeah. I'm, what I'm asking it because Sarah was on earlier and very articulate. She did very articulately. I disagree with her points, but she put it across very articulately, which is that. Um, she was saying, like, having a degree, in inverted commas, gives that professional status. Um, now, my counter-argument to that was, why are we so wrapped up in the idea of a degree offering that professional status? 
why why do experiences and and sort of knowledge gained outside of a degree a conventional degree not provide that why why can we not make those things provide that professional status is that on us why why you know when did why do degrees hold that yeah and i, I suppose the, que the questions that would be like what do the most successful sort of companies what do, what do the most successful companies do like what like the ones not maybe the ones that are not in education do they that they probably they probably do value that academia and like you do have those really kind of competitive graduate schemes that you've got to get onto but then there is also that room for those people that have had alternate experiences as well and and i think that yeah like having those alternate experiences is okay but at the same time i i still feel like we're kind of asking the wrong question like like i said like more trying are we trying to find more ways to fill the bucket or are we trying to stop the stop the leak at the bottom yeah it's an interesting question. Wayne, stay where you are, because, um, you know, I'm going to ask uh, Ashley to come in now. Um, so, Ashley, I don't know if you're there, but if you are, just unmute yourself. There we go. Yeah, Good I'm here. Good evening. How are you? Very well, thank you. Right. Now, uh, Ashley, can you tell me a little bit about you and what led you onto this show here? So I trained in Australia. Uh, I completed my qualifications back in 2010, and it was a slightly different system there. So I did what they called a double degree. So I did four years at uni and I did a Bachelor of Teaching and a Bachelor of Arts at the same time. So slightly more intensive study, but it meant that I started my first teaching placements in my very first term at uni. So I was one of those 18-year-olds walking into a classroom as a teacher <laughs> on a placement. Um, so that's kind of given me a slightly different perspective on where the subject knowledge fits in. Um, I've been working in the UK since 2012 and I've been doing quite a lot of mentoring in the last few years. Currently mentoring one teacher apprentice and Vicky, who is on the programme, is um, she's just completed her teaching apprenticeship um, and has just taken over class responsibility. Fantastic. Let's check we've got Vicky here. Vicky, if you want to unmute yourself, we can just check that you're there. It's on the bottom. There we go. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Brilliant. Um, Ashley, sorry, carry on. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to Vicky in a minute. I was wondering sort of what your views are, first of all, on teacher apprenticeships. Well, having my own personal experience, my Bachelor of Arts was photography and contemporary dance. So I originally trained as a secondary teacher and in secondary I taught everything from visual arts to computing to basically any subject that they wanted to throw me in for and I transitioned to teaching primary in 2015. Um, I now teach year six and I have taught right down to key stage one and I can wholeheartedly say that my degree helps me when we teach dance in PE and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's it. You know there is like very very little of my degree that is useful to me now so I don't I don't place the same value on that degree other than as a learning how to learn pathway. When you say learning how to learn pathway, can you sort of expand on that? So I think for me, my degree was valuable in that it taught me how to be a learner at a higher level. Mm. It learned me how to study and it taught me how to study independently. I learned how to uh, manage my time and do those kinds of things through my degree. But 
in terms of subject knowledge, there's very little relevance. That's so interesting. I mean, that's that's sort of my my view. Um, mm. I think I think Wayne sort of agreed. Wayne, I don't want to speak for you, but Wayne sort of agreed in that. I think by saying that he sort of got more in 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 sixteen to eighteen sort of age than he did post eighteen subject Absolutely. knowledge. So it's interesting. I I think if you asked, I'll have to run a poll or something on this. But I think if you asked the major, the vast majority of teachers would say that they did their the subject knowledge that they gained through their degrees didn't significantly help them in the classroom. I I, I, I don't know that for a fact though. Maybe I'd be completely wrong. On that. I I would say having spent the last year mentoring Vicky and obviously the way the apprenticeship program works at the moment is that you do still have to have a degree. But having known her for a few years, she did work in our school prior to taking on the apprenticeship, having known her for a few years, I don't actually think that that degree has done anything more than tick a box for her. Let she me, didn't need ask, to do that. Let, let me ask you about the pro, because I know Vicky's there as well, so she can sort of come in on this, Vicky. Feel free to sort of, um, you know, butt in on this whenever you want. But I'll ask you and Ashley, Ashley and Vicky, I'll ask you both this. Tell us about this apprenticeship program. Tell me, tell me about that pro. I'm interested in it. So, what, like, we're talking about the current program for postgraduates for the teacher yes. apprenticeship. So, what's the difference between that and like a PGC or Teach First or any of these other routes? So, for Vicky, she has been full time employed by school for 12 months. So, she has been paid as an unqualified teacher. She has been in a classroom doing effectively placements, but they're full time over an entire term. So across her three terms, she was in different key stages, different classrooms. She had me as a mentor all the way through. We had weekly mentor meetings. I had mentor training sessions and meetings with her university. She also had weekly tutorials. There were assignments. There were online modules to complete and uh, some sort of conference setups where they'd, they'd go away for a day or two and, and work together so it was like doing uni and placements but all together at the same time um vicky i'll bring you in now um uh can, can i ask you why you went for this route this teacher apprenticeship route rather than other routes so i think for me um with my degree I then struggled to get into a school, even though I had the degree. Yeah. Because I didn't have the experience, it kind of, it the degree didn't matter over the experience. So when I got a te teacher assistant position in the school, it was just kind of my working up the ladder. And it got to a head where um, I had a meeting with the head teacher and just said, I want to be a teacher. Yeah. And when we looked at this route, there was so much on-the-job learning that was available through it. It just seemed the best route to take. That's amazing. And obviously to still be paid. Well, I was going to say, I was, I was going to ask you sort of, um, what, so d d let me, d can you tell me your timeline from sort of 18 to present then? So did you do a degree straight after school or not? So, um 16 to 18 I went to college and did um my childcare. <clears throat> then the plan was to go to university yeah it didn't happen yeah um 
I ended up having a daughter who was a bump in the road, amazing bump, but it was a bump. <laughs> yeah. So I um I started working in private day nurseries and So this um, is at eighteen this is at eighteen, nineteen sort of time. Yeah, yeah, straight into private day nurseries from finishing college. Yeah. Um and then when I was twenty I started off um through the open university and it took me eight years wow. to work my way up to be able to do the degree. Degree in what? Um, because of early childhood. Wow. And because because I was still working I had to do the part time route with the open university. They wouldn't they wouldn't accept that I would be able to manage my own time and do it full time. Yeah. Because to them I had a full time job so it wasn't allowed. Yeah, so um so, I mean, you don't have to be sort of explicit about this, but in terms of the costs associated with the OU, what, I mean, we talk, presumably we're talking in the thousands to be able to do that over that time while you were working. Yeah, I mean, thousands of pounds worth of debt with them. <laughs> yeah, and this is my point, you see. Like, with that degree, which took you nine years part-time at the Open University to do, does... Has that helped you through the process you're in now, being a teacher apprentice? No. It was it was irrelevant. There, there was nothing about the early year foundation stage. Um, there was nothing about how to teach within an early year setting in, in a school. Um, I, I don't. I don't think it was relevant to being a teacher. So interesting, it really. So, do you sort of if 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 you were given that option, maybe? And and I do sort of understand the point. There may be a difference between primary and secondary here. There, there might be, but like I was saying to Wayne earlier, that I mean he's secondary maths, I'm secondary history, and we both sort of have that view that in terms of maybe. I mean Wayne, I don't want to speak for you, but like you can unmute yourself and come in at this point, but. I think the argument would be that primary is different to secondary when it comes to like that subject knowledge sort of thing and sort of the requirements around that. But, but Vicky, to be fair, you, what, what year group have you been teaching them this year <clears throat> through your teacher apprenticeship? Is it just one or From January, year five, six. Year five, six. So in terms of like, yeah. so you, pre, have you felt, secure and sort of i mean obviously you've just you're just starting out to be fair and no one i don't think any teacher would feel like secure in the first few years subject knowledge wise but <laughs> you know like do, have you felt you haven't felt at a disadvantage let's put it that way to people who've just done a, a, a ba and then gone in no so when i've over the past year when i've been doing my apprenticeship there's um a platform and there's a module for each subject that you can dip in and out of so if say there was something in history that I'd be teaching and I was unsure I could dip into the module and I've still got access to that now now that I've finished and it can give you ways to teach um ways to bring in drama within the history um and there's just so much in them subject modules that I will have now for life to go back on and dip into whenever I feel like it yeah I mean do you regret this apprenticeship route wasn't available to you earlier without the OU degree, without having to get the degree. Yeah. 
Yeah, because presumably you would have gone in, I don't know, five years ago or something, or even longer ago, potentially. Yeah, especially because with the Open University, I couldn't go straight in with the degree, so I had to do it in stages. Um, uh, Ashley, are you still there? I am. Hello. I, was, I want to ask you this. I mean, and obviously Vicky's here, but but I wanted to ask you sort of... Um, do, 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 you've obviously mentored a lot of people. Vicky presumably has been mentored by you within the school. Is that right? Yes. Or, yeah, but, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, without sort of comparing Vicky to every other mentee that you've had, um, do, do, do you think, I mean, is Vicky the first one that you've had through the apprenticeship route? Vicky's the first one to complete. I am mentoring another apprentice, apprentice at the moment. She'll finish in July. Yeah. So what, so how, how, I mean, you know, how have you found that experience with Vicky? Have you noticed any differences between mentoring Vicky than mentoring other people who've gone through the conventional route? I've, so I've mentored quite a few PGC students. Um, I also mentor ECTs. And one thing that I would say is that I think the apprentice route is really beneficial for somebody who already has a bit of life experience. I don't know that it would be the best route for someone coming straight out of college into I do think having experience outside of education could still be beneficial to you in, in the apprentice route. But I think the type of course that Vicky's on, it has been really, really beneficial for her knowing that actually she already had quite a lot of skills in working with children, working in classrooms and so on. So it's I've been really confident in leaving her with, with responsibility for planning, with working with the pupils, um, it has felt like she's had quite a good preparation. And because the mentoring is so, it's very intense. You know, there's quite a high level of expectation in terms of uh, frequent observations, uh, focusing on the things that, that Vicky wants to focus on, um, the weekly meetings where we talk about all of her module learning and things like that. So it, it is quite a, a heavily supported program. And I do think doing that on the job has been, really beneficial in setting her up to have have the confidence to just step into a classroom and take responsibility for that now she's got a really good understanding of of what she needs to do in terms of the bigger picture of being a teacher and not just the teaching bit yeah yeah I mean Vicky have you sort of looked at other teachers and compared yourself to them and thought oh I'm 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 not as I mean have you felt any sort of imposter syndrome or any you know, like, how have you found that side of it? Um, I think at the first, a little bit, thinking that, oh, it's just me. I know there's times where I've asked Ashley about things and her response was, they're your class, you make the decision. <laughs> Whereas um, I think it's really useful to be able to go and see all the other teachers. So in the time that, I weren't teaching. I had access to a full school of teachers who've got experience in lots of different areas. So if I wanted to say, go and look at behaviour strategies, yeah, Ashley could point out who was the best person to go and watch. Yeah. And that was instant like learning on the job. Yeah. It was just there at the tip of my fingers. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, just, just to recap for anyone just joining us now, Vicky is a teacher apprentice. So she 
she is being paid um, through this year um, as a sort of employee whilst becoming a qualified teacher. She does have a degree through the Open University. The proposal by the government is to would mean that Vicky would not need to do the Open University degree, but could enter this apprenticeship potentially earlier. Um, and without having to get that degree, which take, took her nine years. So that's just the recap. And also just to say thank you to everybody who's, who's with us listening. I know many other people have been through the course of the show, but thank you to those who are here now. Um, this show, as all of our shows on Teachers Talk Radio, is brought to you in association with John Cat Educational, johncatbookshop.com for all your professional development needs. They're an excellent publisher. Check them out. Um, you can get uh, as many books as you could possibly want on teaching through John Cat. So have have a look on that um, and do check it out. Um, but Vicky, I mean, just sort of dwelling on the on the experience a minute. Was it very frustrating? Did you feel frustrated over those nine years? Um, sort of. Did you feel as though you were being held back? A little bit by having to do this degree. Um, at times, I think sometimes if I had an assignment and when I was doing it, and I'm thinking this isn't—it's not beneficial to me. I, I'm not seeing the association with my role coming through this assignment. Yeah. Whereas in the apprenticeship I did one of one of one of my assignments was how is early reading taught and assessed in my school and then linking it into other other schools because I had to do a placement at another school um and I felt that was really relevant to my role yeah because it's something that I needed to do in that early years role whereas some of the assignments with my open university were just I can't even remember them. Yeah. Well, I bet you can't. I mean, (laughs) you probably did the first one 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, presumably you were were doing that like evenings and weekends and stuff. Yeah, evenings and weekends. Yeah, it's such a commitment. It really really is. Like, fair play to you. Um, Because... And I know we've had two other guests on earlier who who were similar. You know, I think one was six years doing the open university degree another one maybe three or four so it's it's a real like and obviously you've got the financial commitment as well you mentioned like the debt as well off the back of doing um the because it is quite expensive like the the ou degrees like they're not cheap like you know so i guess anybody who goes down that route at the moment you know yeah it's it's a really tough like path you know to take i mean do uh, I guess, like, would you have preferred to have done a conventional degree if you'd have been able to do it? I think that's the path I would have took, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But obviously you needed to carry on working um, through that time, yeah. I mean, if anybody else, by the way, um, wants to sort of join in this conversation, then then feel free to do so. Um, You just have to click the little button on the bottom left, the little... um, microphone icon so if you have a view on teacher apprenticeships good or bad the idea that a degree is needed to be a teacher or you just have a general view on the professional status of teachers then definitely click that little button and uh, we'll bring you on as a as a a speaker um ashley do you sort of see 
what what do you think about this whole idea of the professional status of a degree i think a degree does have a professional status because you know they there is usually a set of standards and things that go alongside that but i have a little bit of a fear that that professional status could be the death of our our field and a bit of that sort of comes from i think in a lot of schools around the uk if you look around at the staff and you look around at the pupils you get two very very different diversity pictures yeah and it's a real concern to me when i look at my class and i look at the teachers that they've had along their journey who are all very like me and it really makes me think where is the representation where are those children getting the view that that teacher is someone like me and university is a path that is is not available to all you know we've talked a lot about the cost it's not available to everybody being able to commit that amount of time without having an income that's before you even consider what it actually costs to go to university is prohibitive for so many people and i really worry that the really heavy focus on teachers having to have a degree and that being the only possible professional qualification it rules an awful lot of people out who would be brilliant teachers that just aren't in a position to be able to do a degree yeah and this is i think that was my sort of point earlier on uh, around this you know my view is that i don't think a degree should ha- should have a should necessarily have a higher professional status than 20 years of really good progress and experience within a job. I think the example I gave earlier, which is the best one I could come up with, is somebody who left who left school 18, became an entrepreneur, became very successful in the world of business uh, and business management, managed people, managed the business, accelerated the growth of the business, sold the business, started another business and so on and so forth mm. and then to, and then at the age of 45 decided oh, i want to become a teacher and then and then apparently that person because they haven't done a degree doesn't have the same professional status as somebody who's who's been 18 left school done a three-year ba in business and then went through a pgc and, and went in, in to become a business teacher like yeah 100% I don't think that, like, don't get me wrong. I understand the way it looks now in terms of, right, you know, degree, 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 you know, it's professional status. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But in terms of actual practical application, knowledge, skills, wisdom, all those things, personally, either I would see no difference or I would choose the person who's 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 done it for 20 years. That's... And- Yeah, and I think on top of that, there are many, many careers out there where you can go into those through apprenticeships or traineeships. You know, you think um, before I even went to uni, I I took 12 months off to to work and save. And I was working with people. I I was working in a printing firm and we were attached to an engineering firm. And three of the guys at the engineering firm were on traineeships. So they were doing effectively like a a college or an A-levels at the same time as on-the-job training. Now, those guys went on to be civil and structural engineers. You know, they're, they're in a profession. 
but I can't understand why the fact that they haven't done an actual degree would then prevent them from being able to to pass on their knowledge years later. Yeah, um, this is my point. I, I do agree with you. It does vary to, on subjects, doesn't it? Mm. Because, because, like, for example, uh, a historian becoming a history teacher, well, they would have had to have a degree, maybe even a PhD, to become a historian in the first place, right? But the examples that were given down some of the more vocational uh, routes... I gave the example of a professional footballer, right, who then became a coach and a manager. Maybe did their UA for coaching badges and then decided to become a PE teacher. And someone turned around and said, you've got to do a full BA in, in sports science before you can become a PE teacher. I don't agree with that, personally. I, I, I just think let them, let them do it. Let them do the PGCE or whatever it is that, you know, let them do the teacher apprenticeship, whatever route's available. Because... I just don't know whether, yes, I understand you get the certificate at the end. I get that. And that's the professional status, to show you've done it, to show you've had that commitment, you've done it. But in terms of the knowledge, I'm not convinced that will give you superior, you know, any more knowledge than that person hadn't already gained. Anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pause. I think so much of what we do, curriculum changes. There is no way that what you do at university can be it's not an end point to your subject knowledge. So even if you do the most relevant degree possible, you do a maths degree, you become a maths teacher. You do an English degree, you become an English teacher. There is no way that that degree is all encompassing for all of the things that you will encounter needing to teach in either primary or secondary. It's a constant element of being a teacher is building on your subject knowledge, is learning new things and ensuring that you have the breadth of knowledge to teach your class effectively it's always changing and you can't you can't trust that having done a degree early on is going to provide you with what you need yeah we get, i'm going to bring paul in now paul i hope you finished drinking your ribena out of your teacher's talk radio mug <laughs> i did yeah i did thank you very much oh yeah <laughs> um i was just going to say that loads of, uh, everything ashley's said i think i agree with is the fact that you I mean, I, I think I did my QTS so, sort of same sort of time that you did your degree, Tom. And even the yeah. things that I learned, what, 15 years ago, a lot of them now just aren't being taught at, at primary or they're not relevant or anything else. So yeah. certainly it does change. I think whatever whatever qualification it is that you get, because I don't think you can step into a teaching job having just been a professional, you've got to do something, even like you say, to have 20, 30 years of experience in a particular field to then suddenly go into a classroom would just, you know, I just don't think it, it works like that. I'm, I'm not talking about, but but they'd still have to do a PGC. Yeah, something. In. I'm, I'm talking about a sub, I'm talking about a BA. I'm talking about a three-year, four-year mm. subject degree. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, because I mean, as, I, I think I think you're right. I think you're right in in that they've got to do they've got to do something because teaching more and more is is so much more than the classroom. I mean, now we're we're, we're literally on strike tomorrow because of workload and red tape and all sorts, as well as the actual pay. So the amount of things and different skills that you have to do at any level, particularly primary where I am. Is is just so vast. It's not literally talking to children. It's 
it's so much paperwork and doing assessments and reports and this, that and the other. Yeah, I mean, this is it. It's, it's a whole, whole sort of domain. I, I think the thing is, right, I I think that age-wise is a bigger factor than degree. So if somebody is older and they've got more life experience, then I think that's a more powerful thing to have than being 21 and having done a, a three-year degree. Massively, massively. And, and literally coming out of that into to teaching from there. Yeah. So, like, for, for example, if some, if, like, let's say we said, right, you, could, you know, they introduced this apprenticeship option and somebody had done a BA for three years and then they did the one-year paid apprenticeship option, whereas you had someone who had done 10 years of work and was 28 and then they did the one-year apprenticeship option. Like, they've got more actual life experience way more life experience than than option a so i don't know i'm like a bit torn there because i'm like well hang on what we're talking about though as well is that sort of degree on a certificate thing i've got a degree it says it on a certificate i i just for me the world's changing for me you can get certificates now with online courses and everything else the diversity of how you gain knowledge has grown so much that uh, look at chat gpt i mean you could probably do a degree just through that (laughs) you know what i mean just ask it you could ask it the things that you'd ask the professor in a seminar right and it would probably give you the answers i'm not by any means saying suggesting that chat gpt should replace professors (laughs) but i'm just saying there is there is such a diversity now in how you can gain knowledge that didn't exist when we did our degrees in the in the early two thousands. Yeah, there's no there's no guarantee. There's no there's absolutely no guarantee. I've I've seen I've seen teachers who have gone um, through like a, a QTS like I did and turn out being the worst teachers. And there we were given subject knowledge and we were on the we were on the job probably more than any other teaching degree to be honest. And then and and they've been awful all good and same with people who've done you know had lots of life experience and then done the pgc they can be either as well so there's no guarantee there's no one right answer that's for certain and i think the way that you've got to look at it is now because going to university is so expensive and everything else there's got to be other ways to go in but what you don't want to happen and i think this is what maybe sarah was talking about before is that you can't lower the bar so much that any any yeah. Tom, Tom Dick and Harry can just jump in and say, well, I knew I'm a you were going to say Tom Dick and Harry. I knew that <laughs> phrase was coming. It was no, just nothing so to do with you, by the way. <laughs> nothing to do with you. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, no, I just knew that phrase was coming. It was, it was just, um, but yeah, like you're absolutely. I, I agree with that. Obviously, I, I, you know, you don't want to sort of go, hey, do you fancy being a teacher? Like on the street, yeah, I'll be a teacher. And they walk into a classroom the following day, like whoever they are. Like, no, we are heading in that direction, by the way. Well, that's the, that's the problem, isn't it? Because the, I like, it, like, I've, like I've posted before, I think, like I've felt as though since I got in, since I went for doing the degree, everything on TV or the media and things like that, our profession has been degraded, it seemed like, every year. And we've sort of been beaten every year. And nowadays, when you sort of say to someone, oh, I'm a teacher, it doesn't hold the same respect as it used to. 
because they see so many people becoming a teacher in so many different ways. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes yeah, that can be that can be detriment to the the whole profession. Um, Hannah, you get the final say on this show. What a privileged position to be in. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I was just going to say that, like, I've I've got a friend who is um, into drama, and he's a director, and he works um, in acting schools, but doesn't have a degree, um, so he can't go in and be a drama teacher in schools. But he's got all this experience at universities and with drama courses outside of school. But he can't actually go in and be a drama teacher in school. Yeah, I mean, this is what I mean. There's, there's probably a hundred examples like that. You know, I've I've tried to give a few today of people who are sort of locked out of the profession, um, who would genuinely be able to just literally walk in and do the job really well. I might want to, but literally for financial reasons or or you know that that block of needing that piece of paper that says degree on it, they're locked out. And I think there's a lot of people out there like that. I, I genuinely think there are. I don't think it's like going to solve the, the problems that the government thinks that it is. I think the government see it as this golden ticket to solve the, the teacher retention crisis, which is absolute rubbish. It, it's not. But I do think there are people out there um, who, 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 who are potentially locked out, who, who can't get in. I think as well that if you're going to do it, that, that there is like a gap like I think a lot of people will go into teaching and be like that wasn't what I expected it to be like that I didn't actually enjoy that so I think if you could put some kind of caveat in there that if they wanted to join the apprenticeship with no degree or kind of experience with children that they should be an LSA for like the first six months and experience that and it'll kind of fill the gap for LSAs that we're kind of having that gap and that budget kind of gap that they have that experience of being in a classroom before they kind of get passed off to then be in front of a class and do that. So they get the experience of what that teaching experience is like to see whether it is for them before they kind of get the okay to be, okay, you can do this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure Vicky, I, I don't know if you heard Vicky talking, Anna, um, before you came on, but Vicky is an apprentice at the minute. So she's actually a paid, uh, you know, going through a paid apprenticeship, teacher apprenticeship. She's obviously got a degree. She, she it took her nine years to get that through the open university so i think she was a ta vicky is that right i think you were a ta for um a long time yeah i was a ta for, for three four years at the school before i then took on the apprenticeship and i think i agree um it was such a valuable role and to see what the teachers were going through and what they had to do and it just made me want to do it even more yeah, absolutely. And and I was going to ask you, Vicky, like, did you have the chance to sort of stand in front of the class, presumably during that, you must have, during that time as a TA to sort of get a taste of, OK, this is what it might be like? Yeah, so there was a time where we went up to 38 nursery with one teacher and two TAs. So throughout my whole experience in nursery, I was basically a second teacher on a TA wage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of cases like that, aren't there, where TAs are sort of de facto teachers or, or at least sort of part of the time and, and, and doing a lot of that, whereas, and they can't become a teacher, you know. So, yeah, I, I, anyway, we've, flipping out, we've covered a huge amount of ground. Um, I want to thank every contributor um, 
tonight. It's, it's been a really good chat. This is going to be available as a podcast um, through Teachers Talk Radio, probably either tonight or tomorrow morning. So um, if you're listening back to this as a podcast, thank you for, for sort of sticking with us. And, and, and I hope you've enjoyed the chat as much as I have. Um, uh, Teachers Talk Radio is going to be back uh, tomorrow evening. We've got two shows tomorrow evening available through the, the TTR website, both live as always um, at 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. 6 p.m. with Ben Thomas and then 9 p.m. with Natalie. Um, uh, really interesting shows coming up tomorrow. So do check those out. Uh, through the Listen Live button on the website tomorrow evening. Um, as I say, uh, keep following us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us a review. If, if you want to be really nice, then, you know, give us give us a nice review on, on Apple Podcasts or, or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast from. Uh, and, yeah, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you, Nathan, for, for admining as always. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And thank you. Special thanks, Ashley, Vicky, for coming on as guests, um, Hannah and Paul for calling in also. And uh, we'll, we'll see you again very soon. Cheers all. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.